Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's up, folks? It's your boy Edo for the Hawksbeat.com. We had another episode of Hawksbeat Podcast that we filmed live on Facebook. And I brought in some of my media friends, some media heavyweights, and you do not want to miss the story shared on this episode. Shout out to my guys, Maceo, Raphael, Deshaun, and Don for joining me on this episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. Make sure you're taking care of yourselves and following us on all of our social media platforms. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show. We really appreciate you guys, and we'll see you sooner than later. Take care. Like we always do about this time. I was gonna rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynx is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from there for. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome to another edition of the Hawksbeat Podcast, the Hawksbeat Podcast and Friends edition. I got some of the baddest haters this side of the Mississippi with me today. Episode <laughs> <laughs> 24, man. We just going to we, we gonna sit back and have a good time, man. But first, let me introduce the crew to you guys. Uh, to my immediate left, if you're watching on Facebook, is my guy. Uh, the one of the the unofficial mayor of Atlanta, hmm. Mr. Maceo Heard. He is one half of the sports deal of the uh, the Crush Sports Talk. Shout out to uh, his his co uh, co uh, co host Emmanuel Glaze, uh, part of the Sensation Network. Uh, you guys have been around since what 20, 2012, 2013? Yeah, twenty thirteen, dude. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about the whole beginnings, but. I got a veteran in, in the crew. So, Brother Maceo, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, my guy, man. Good to see you, man. I mean, I hate we're not, you know, inside State Farm Arena, man. But, you know, hey, this worked for me. No doubt, no <laughs> doubt. Next up to bat, we have Mr. DNA himself, man, with the DNA fit, the DNA hat. I'm surprised oh, you ain't got the banner in the background of DNA. <laughs> the D and DNA, Mr. John Stenson, co-host of DNA Sports, along with Asa Brown which airs Sunday, I mean, Mondays, 7 to 9 on the Real 1100 iHeartRadio. Brother Don, what's going on, my brother? Hey, feeling good, brother. How you doing? Good, man. There was a little bit of delay. Can you hear me? Everybody as well. You sound like the TV. I hear you. You sound like ESPN right now, how they be delayed. (laughs) (laughs) Next up. (laughs) What I'm saying. 
Got to be careful what you say. Five second delay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, next up is my man Raphael Haynes. Raphael joined me last week. So y'all know who he is. He is the purveyor of the three-point conversion, uh, which airs on Saturdays, 10 to 12 on the Real 1100, iHeartRadio. Um, you guys, since what, 2013, Raphael? No. Um, legitimately, we were, I guess you could say, but we didn't have to stay <laughs> in 2017. <laughs> I'm the baby. <laughs> the I'm the baby okay, yeah. when it comes to media. Okay, that's what's up, man. It's all good, man. We all here now, man. And uh, last but definitely not least, uh, Mr. Deshaun Tate of uh, Tate's Take Sports. This is the the opinion in college basketball. You're not going to find a better college basketball mind in the city of Atlanta. I, I'll put my money on that. Thanks. Brother Tate, what's going on, my guy? All good, man. Everybody up here looking good, man. I'm feeling good. Happy to hear <laughs> you guys. I don't know what Don got going on over there with the phone with Delay, man. I don't know if my boy Obama phone or what, but we're gonna have to <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Hey, it's good to see you guys again, man. Just want to chop it up with y'all, man, and just you know, kick with my folks. If you're in the chat, uh make sure you guys just uh uh put your questions in the chat. We'll try to get to them as we can, man. So now, guys, this is kind of an unprecedented uh a time that we're living in where not much sports is going on. If we, I don't know if y'all are like me, man. It doesn't feel good at all, you know? Uh, I don't watch much ESPN. You know, every now and again, I watch an old game, but it just feels feels icky. Uh, how have you guys been dealing? Feel free to just jump in. How have you guys been dealing during the quarantine without sports? Well, I'll start. Um, like I said the other day, man, it's <laughs> – boy, you can – I didn't know bench watching was, I thought it was a good thing until, you know, now after what, half a day is gone. I mean, you done, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have nothing else to watch. So like, <laughs> I'm trying my best to find things to watch. I'm watching a lot of playoff games and stuff like that, man. And just like, um, I didn't watch the whole season of Martin, my wife and kids, the Fresh Prince, like all of it. So like, but it's brought me closer to my family. That's a good thing, man. You all know when you out out um, at games, covering games on the radio, whatever you're doing, you know how busy we are. You don't really have that time to spend with your wife or your family or significant other. And so this has been a great time, and we've been able to bond. So that's been a blessing. But, like, sports, like you said, man, I'm, I'm hurting over here, bro. It's been tough. How about the rest of you guys, man? How y'all been dealing? Well, it's been tough, like, for me, well, the NFL draft, we just finished the NFL draft. So I had uh, help SI.com, help Malik out uh, getting ready for the draft. So was able to watch, ooh, I can't tell you how many uh, game film I watched these different guys getting ready for the draft, putting together mock drafts, which is actually really a crazy thing to do because one trade will tear up your whole mock draft. Yeah. You know, a guy goes somewhere he ain't supposed to go, mock draft is torn up. So now that uh, this is done, I fell in, falling in love with this uh, show on Amazon Prime, uh, Bosch. Okay. I've seen so, it, but I haven't checked it out. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. The good part about it, it seemed like they hired everybody from The Wire. So clearly, whoever did put this together must have been a writer for The Wire, and he was just comfortable with everybody. So he was like, I'm going to give all those guys a job. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing. That's Say less, been, bro. Yeah, binge watching. <laughs> Say less, bro. He said The Wire. I was sold, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don, what you been doing besides making DNA shirts? 
<laughs> no, Actually, I don't make the shirts, but I will give a shout out to It's All Customs, located off of Tim Street. They're the ones that do all of the, mm -hmm. the uh, embroidery and logos for DNA Sports Style. So shout out to them for all of that. But like Raphael said, you know, you stay so busy. Uh, for me, having basically two full-time jobs, you know, you go from the one that has the benefits to the one that you run around working for. Right. You don't have time for your family. And then you get home at, you know, you're talking about like, you get home at 11, and stuff like that. And so you're not going to sleep till one o'clock in the morning. It's right back up the next morning for work again. So right. it's giving me uh, a lot of time talk to families like that. And to, like you said, binge watch, watch the, what was it, the heist? Binge watch that. That was pretty good. And um, catching up on all shows that, you know, you normally don't have time to do. And in the meantime, watching sports, watching some of the old previous highlights of uh, different playoffs. And thankfully for us, being able to cover things <laughs> such as tennis and NASCAR, who in NHL that continues to go on when they're going to start, how they're going to do it, has allowed us to continue to have something to talk about as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And Deshaun, you're the college college basketball guy, man. I, and I know we got the, uh, a lot of people have been talking about the draft and everything. Like, how has that affected you, man? You've been going back and watching old tape, or what you been watching? Clearly, I'm the, I've been doing a lot of dog sitting lately, apparently, if you can't. <laughs> <laughs> on and talk about basketball, dude. Now, I can't tell y'all all my private stuff because I don't want Zoom kicking you off as to what I've really been watching. But I... Basketball <laughs> 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 watching, that probably don't come as much of a surprise to anybody. Um, outside of that, looking forward to, you know, just this, this Michael Jordan, you know, documentary series and the Chicago Bulls and all that good stuff. Um... Uh, I've been doing a little bit of watching some uh, some wrestling, man, trying to uh, I, I got this WWE network thing that I've been looking forward to for a little while that I can never find the time to watch. Uh, so just kind of taking me back to some of those 80s and 90s WWF days as if I ain't got nothing else going on with my time. But uh, last and certainly not least, a nice little podcast together, man, uh, takes tape, uh, putting some of that stuff together. Me and a buddy of mine got some coming out called the. Um, the basketball savants. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but with uh, Michael Eric Dyson, well, his son Michael Dyson, who's also from Detroit, we okay. put it together, man. So if it's you know if it's ninety-four feet long, fifty feet wide, twenty-two feet and one and one quarter inches out on the perimeter and ten feet high, that basketball bouncing, we get into it, bro. That's what's up, man. Now is a perfect time. To start these pot, man. I done started all three of my podcasts back, man. I done started this one. I done started the Game Time Radio. Had Raphael on with me last week. We do a, a recap after the Bulls dock on Sunday nights. Raphael was on there with me uh, in right. my personal blog for the 285. I started that back, man. Now is a good time to do it, man. Especially if we're not out actually physically covering the, the sports. Uh, now is a good time to do it. I want to ask you guys this, and you guys have all had a hand in, in creating your own brands um, with Maceo and Don Ply being the, the having the, the longest tenure 
uh, I want to know about the humble beginnings. You know, I want to know about the journey, um, especially uh, you, Maceo and Don, since you guys have been doing it the longest. And we all know what this media business can be. We know it, it can chew you up and it can spit you out. You got to have tough skin. You got to be a go-getter. So uh, I'm going to throw this to either one of y'all. I want to hear about the beginnings, the humble beginnings, about how you guys get have gotten started. Go ahead, Don. <laughs> <laughs> Beauty before age, you're right. So, um, there you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> uh, for us, we literally started out uh, seven years ago at my kitchen table. And we were doing a show on Monday nights from 7 to 8 on Smash Mouth FM. It was an internet radio station. And we chose Monday night because Monday night football was so huge. So we figured that's the best time to get people to listen was right before Monday night football. And we started out as an hour, then it kind of pushed to an hour and a half. Next thing you know, we were doing two hours. And from that, we had to have our own little mixing board. After a while, we got a microphone that, uh, that we could use. So I think those humble beginnings are starting like that. At this point, when you have to do some things all yourself, it's not a big deal. You don't have to have a, you know, two, three people walking with you to hold your camera and do this. You find the things that work the best to streamline a lot of things when you've had to do stuff yourself. And it's been a blessing to go from internet radio to actual brick and mortar AM station and to, you know, be on the local DeKalb TV 23, you know, stuff like that is very humbling. And it's a blessing just to be able to do it. But like you said, it's, it takes a lot of bumps. You get told no a bunch of times and you don't understand how you can cover the pro but you still do what you have to do and you realize that you still have to bring the content that matters to people regardless of how you get access to it yeah i mean i, I know a lot about i mean we all know about those pitfalls and the especially when you're you're an independent brand and you're trying to compete with the the, uh, I was about to say the sporting news, tell you how age you're competing with the athletics and the CNNs and all of these folks. And you out there just trying to get content, you know, uh, Maceo, I mean, folks don't really realize the, the amount of talent that is in this room. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of humble bragging, but uh, we've uncovered some stuff between the five of us, you know, we've been places and we've done some stuff and talk about connecting, connecting in the city. Nobody's more connected than Maceo and Glaze, man. You know, they know everybody in the city of Atlanta. And, you know, they, they, they from here, I mean, they, those are the godfathers, man. They paid the way for a lot of us. And so, you know, Maceo, is, is, I know the people are really interested in hearing your humble beginnings, man. Well, I mean, it, it, for me, it was, it, was, it was crazy because once I uh, had a long career coaching uh, high school football, uh, I was just, I just got tired of the parents, got, you know, I, I was like, frustrated needed a break because I've always loved sports my actual first job in sports I was a runner for an agent <laughs> when my college football uh playing days were over so I started like forging relationships uh just with people in the industry so again I'm coaching football 
me and Glaze played college football together at Mars Brown. So how we reconnected, I was coaching at Mays. He was uh he coached uh at Kale High School. We played them in the playoffs. So I'm heading to the booth uh before the game and I bump into Glaze and I'm you know, he like, man, what's up? You know, we just talk, rapping, whatever. So I'm like, dude, I gotta go coach a game. I'm gone. We lost this particular game, and now Glaze, you know, he, he bragging a little bit. So I'm like, dude, shut up. So started that <laughs> argument that, that we used to always argue in, in, in college. So, you know, we reconnected. He was like, dude, I, I do a radio show. I was like, really? Bring me on the show. Brought me on this uh, show that he was doing that time. Uh, he was at Orange Room Radio. And we just, you know, we, we just started this bond. And with that, it's just forging all the relationships that, again, like I say, I'm fortunate to be from here. So pretty much everybody either went to Douglas or went to Mays or went to school in the AU Center. So that's kind of how we start just getting guests on the show. Like you were talking about all the knows. We started out uh, high school football. That was our niche. We mm-hmm. knew all the coaches. We knew the players. Uh, I knew a lot about recruiting. I helped get a lot of guys in school. So we just started those relationships, which led to – uh, covering college games where I met Raphael <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> at, Georgia, at, at Georgia Tech. Again, with Don, had a relationship. Me and Don have some, uh, our families have friends. Bumping the Don at a game one day. And again, what you were just talking about, Ed, using all of these relationships, because this is what this business really comes down to, relationships. Uh, if I don't know somebody, I know somebody who may know somebody. All of us, I mean, that's kind of how we got, me and Raphael laugh about this all the time. When we were covering soccer, oh, man, how did you do this? Or I asked Raphael, well, how did you do this? And again, exchanging information. This is what this business is about and getting each other in to the different events. And I mean, that's how we got to where we are. Yeah, and I want to hear from Raphael and Deshaun. And I remember when I started, uh, when I branched outside of the Hawks, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to start doing game time radio. And Raphael's like, yo, here's how you get in touch with the folks from the soccer. We covered a couple soccer games. And it's like you share that information because not everybody knows, okay, like who's the PR person? Who's the guy to ask? I remember one time, I think I was talking to either Maceo or I was trying to get in with Georgia State. He was like, no, nah, don't talk to this guy. Talk to that guy. I was emailing him. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's stuff like that that gets you from one, one, very, one, you know, step to the next. You know, the relationships are key. Uh, I'm interested to hear from Raphael and Deshaun. Deshaun worked at uh, 929, one of the FM stations here in Atlanta. And Raphael, you, you know, you have your thing going on. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to hear y'all, about y'all's uh, humble beginnings. Go ahead, Deshaun. I was about to say, Raphael. Uh, <laughs> man, I just, you know, I, I first got started. I was, you know, I've always really kind of covered basketball anyways, man, since I was a kid, fell in love with the game at, 10 years old and just kind of always did my homework on my own individually. It didn't really dawn on me that, you know, you can really do this for a profession. Although it kind of, kind of didn't in a way, I wasn't really sure how you go about getting into it and not that I wasn't serious about it, but you know, I'm thinking kind of like trying out for a team or something. Sometimes they kind of got their favorites and whatever, what have you. Um, but you know, I, I remember being in an Applebee's over in Gwinnett one time and, and I ran into this guy, bumped into this guy who said, man, you're in here with your laptop all the time and always doing this kind of, you know, research and all this other kind of stuff. And, um, you seem to be very knowledgeable about basketball. I, I know a guy who does like a, a 
radio show and he would probably be interested if you ever thought about doing like radio or any of that type of stuff before. So sure, no doubt. Now, I didn't even know who this guy was, let alone the guy he was telling me to talk to. The guy that he told me to talk to was a guy by the name of Vincent Turner, who was doing some stuff on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I heard the name Mr. Football before, and that's really where I got my first start. I mean, he told me, hey, listen to the show. Tell me about it. I did that. Hey, we can use you as a caller from time to time. I can do that. Did that. Asked some pretty good questions. At least I like to think he agreed. Um, and then from there, he said, yo, I would like to uh, headline you and bring you on, you know, as as a guest, um, you know, for a segment on the show. So I said, cool, um, did that, knocked that out the park a couple times. And then he started kind of bringing me in under his wing in regards to how I put my own internet radio show together. Um, so I kind of just followed, you know, uh, I just kind of follow his advice in regards to that, kind of got my stuff off the ground called the minor statement at the time. Um, then after that, you know, he started working on some stuff over at 1100. I uh, started, you know, doing some stuff over there with him, did some stuff at WGUN, 1010 The Gun, did some stuff over there as well. And then, man, just getting into 92.9, dude, like I literally was just showing up at 92.9. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I literally didn't even have like a legitimate interview. I think they needed, they knew everything about me that they needed to know. Once I got to that point, uh, there was times when I, when I, the, the few times that I didn't go there, I'm ringing their phones off the freaking hook, dude, to the point where I'm starting to think sometimes they only gave me a job so I could stop calling them so much. <laughs> I tell them I get coffee for guys in the morning. I changed the toilet paper on the rolls in the bathroom if I had to. Of course, it didn't take all of that. Um, but it was really just about selling myself, man. And I did seven years at 929 The Game. Now it's time for me to kind of spread my own wings and, and flex some muscles that I ain't flexed in a long time. So here we are with Tate's Take the Podcast. Salute. Oh, man, no doubt. And and I think there there's something that there's a commonality that we all share. Even, you know, we would see each other at these events, right? You know, we see each other at ball games, And it was always like, yo, what can I do to help them? You know what I'm saying? Like, even now that I have a little bit of tenure, I think it's going to be year six or seven for me carrying the Hawks. And I said this in the last podcast, whenever I run across like some younger folks, I'm like, yo, you don't want to do this. You might want to do this. You don't want to take no pictures in the locker room. You don't want to take no pictures. Of, you know, just putting folk on game, man. <laughs> little stuff like that goes on <laughs> Because you, got, you and I both know, we've all seen that. We've all seen some folks at a press pass, right? We've all seen those posts that have had a press pass for a game, and we ain't seen them no more. game, man. That's all, you know. <laughs> Go ahead, Raph. I want to hear about your story, man. <laughs> Shoot, I, I, like I said, I'm the baby of the group, and um, as far as when it comes to media, with me, it was I met uh, Vincent Turner. Like I think almost everybody in Atlanta know who he is. Had to run with him, but. Um, some people heard me and it was like, yo, you need to talk to this guy. And then they pointed me to Vincent. He had me on the radio. And with him, I liked it. It was fun. I was learning. He had me on as a guest. So I want you on a show. Did like maybe a show for like a month or so. And got to the point where it was like, yo, I, I want to do my, I got a vision. I want to do my own thing. Sitting at the barbershop. I never forget it. Came out with this show. 
Um, the three-point conversion presents making the cut. And I promise you, we were like the first to use uh, social media to platform us, you know, put our stuff on platform, you know, to put our shows on. We had a show in a barbershop and it took off before we were ready. I had my two guys <laughs> with me and we weren't ready. You know what I'm saying? Like we weren't ready for everybody. It was all this lovely and all of that. And of course, like any good band group, it's start breaking up people. I want to do this. Why you get to host this? And why you, you know, broke up. Finally, um, I was like, yo, I'm going to just do my own. Start using Zoom, which we are now. And I would do this take called NFL Diary. Um, and it'd be like five, seven minutes each week. Talk about what, what happened throughout the week and how I felt about it. Somebody hit me up, say, hey, man, you want to um, do a podcast on the network? Nick. You know who Nick is, Maceo. Nick Nick Figarelli asked me, and um, shout out to Nick. And I was like, yeah, it got me on. Did that for a while. That broke up whatever they was doing. And um, next thing you know, like, everybody kept calling me left and right. Hey, will you come here? Why don't you come to our station? But I had a plan. I wanted to do my own. So I stayed where I was. I think I was, like, the only one left. And then finally I told a guy who was running, hey, I'm, I'm about to break and do my own. I had my um, guy, uh, shout out to Glass, he was my co-host. He had to leave because of the job. So now I got to do this two-hour show by myself. I'm nervous, like, yo, I don't know if anybody going to listen. I'm by myself. Yeah. We did it. Next thing you know, man, I didn't even know. I was just, I just got this, um, I want to iHeart to look at something. And I was like, yo, I want to um, I want to go in and sign up for it and see what I could do. Little did I know. Through where I through Spreaker, I had to pick my show to be on iHeart. So now my I have my own station. I didn't even know it. You know what I'm saying? But um, that side was cool. Like I always say, I started from the kitchen to the um, then graduated to the living room, graduated to my room, then moved to the basement, then to the pool house, and then I got on the radio. But with y'all, man, y'all don't know how much y'all helped me. Um, quickly, I could talk about first guy. The first game I covered, collegiate game, was Georgia State. That next Saturday, Georgia Tech, I mean, that next day, Georgia Tech had said, okay, I can come in and um, cover the game. So I'm ecstatic. Like, I can't believe this. I'm here with Bayham, and I met Deshaun, and Deshaun was sitting there talking, you know, Deshaun coming in there acting like a light skin problem. I'm just kidding. He always, <laughs> he always say that. But no, Deshaun coming in there eating. What up, what up, man? He come in late. So he's talking to me and my eyes wide open because I'm like, I can't believe I'm at this game covering it. And he's just telling me the nuances of everything and how you do this and do that. So we got in the, um, we got in the pressure. Beheim goes first. So I'm like, I'm nervous. My heart beating fast. I ain't even ask a question. My heart beating fast, but I'm like, I'm about to I think I'm going to try to ask a question. Beheim just went off on this dude. I mean, went in on this guy. <laughs> went in. I'm like, oh, snap. So now I'm like, I ain't said nothing. Next thing you know, Deshaun come in. Um, well, Beheim, I have a question. You know, even though y'all didn't play well, but you did say that you thought, I'm looking like, I can't believe you're asking this. And Beheim answered the question like it was nothing. I'm like, yo, he taught me how to, you know, this is how you do a pressure. When to ask him. I met Maceo at Georgia Tech spring game. And um, I couldn't <laughs> believe my first football game. Like, yo, I can't believe this. And like May said, like, or Eddie said, this dude, when I tell you everybody and mama at the stadium knew who he was and he knew I'm talking about legends. He, what yeah. up, dog? <laughs> like, dog, yeah. can I go with you? 
Uh, I'm telling y'all, y'all think he's joking. Like Mason was going for offense here in Atlanta, and he was red. Right. So he took me right. around. He was like, yo, man, you come with me. So I'm walking around, man. He knowing everybody. And he teaching me, this is what you do here. No, nah, you talk to this person. No, nah, don't do that. You cool. Then Don, you know, um, I didn't even know Don was at the station. I hope nobody at the station listened to this. I didn't even know Don was at the station. So when I got to the station, I'm trying to get with the Hawks, right? So I didn't hit the Hawks up. They told me no. I get a hell no. And then, um, <laughs> so the next year, I'm like, look, man, we cover, look, I thought of something. We cover Georgia Tech and we cover Georgia State, man. I know I could get in, you know. So finally, uh, the PR was like, well, you know what? And I told him I was on the radio. He said, well, right now, somebody's here covering from that radio station. He was like, but if you talk to the person, you know some guy named Don? I'm like, I don't know who that is. So I, I didn't know. I didn't know. So I went to my to the person that was running the station like, yo, I'm trying to get in the Hawks game. Some dude named Don covering the Hawks from the station. I don't know who he is, but everybody <laughs> need to do this. I, I didn't even know. I ran into Don at the Hawks. I'm talking to him. And he was just talking. And finally, I saw his name. Recognized like, hey, my bad, Don. I ain't mean to, you know what I'm saying? Hell you like that. I was just trying to get in. Finally, finally, uh, he told me. He was like, we talked, and he talked about the um, Hall of Fame. Don helped me to get into that, and he showed me how to get in touch with the PRs and how to ask. So, and then when I got the Hawks, you know, the OG Ed, you know, uh, I know we're around the same age, but Ed was the OG. He told me, you know, how to conduct yourself, how you cover the Hawks, who to talk to, who not to talk to, everything, man. So I always say without these guys right here, I would never be – where I am now. And I just had an attitude. Like, I remember Maceo telling me one time, he was like, look, he was like, to be honest, man, you know, professional sports, the NFL, because I think we were both trying to break in because uh, Major League MLS, that was the only profession we had. And he was like, man, they don't like independence. They don't do this and all that. And I remember, I'm like, okay, I remember telling him, like, well, I'm about to break that code. <laughs> First thing I told him, and sure enough, it's like, not on no bragging stuff, but just, like I said, because of them, now I was able to get the Hawks, you know. We cover we cover the Washington Redskins now. You know what I'm saying? I got a report in Washington. We cover major sports. We cover the Super Bowl together. You know, being able to so all y'all, man, I appreciate y'all because y'all showed me I was a baby. I didn't know that much. I knew I had a goal. I knew what I was gonna do. I didn't know how I was gonna get there. And you all provided that way, man. So I appreciate y'all. Yeah, no doubt, man. Hey, uh, shout out to everybody in the chat, man. I see my guy Bob in there. I'm uh, see my mom check this out, of course. Uh, Horace McLaren, man, big HO to the godfather, man. Hope you're doing well, big fella. Definitely got to get you on, but yeah, man, like people don't understand like this journey. You know, a lot of us that have these independents have like full jobs during the day, you know, and folks under they don't understand the grind of how you can work a full day and then cover a Hawks game and then get home at like close to one in the morning and then wake up. Like there's something about when you have something that is your own, that it's really hard to put like, look, look, man, that's my brand. I built this. So yeah, I'm going to stay up late. I'm going to do what I got to do. And don't forget to mention, 
and get that side eye from your wife or your significant other because you've been out. <laughs> Come on, y'all. I know how it is. Yeah. What you doing? I am. Again? So three games in one night, huh? Three games yeah. in one week, huh? Okay. Yo, I had to get me an intern, bro. Like this last, last two seasons, I done got me an intern. Shout out to Tyrone. I like, look, man, I can't do three games in a week, man. You're going to have to break this in the middle. No, no, I'm gonna no. i to get the no, Monday no. and the Thursday. <laughs> this segment is brought to us by tillman's trinkets and things custom jewelry shipped quickly to your doorstep every piece will be uniquely yours you can get the tillman's trinkets and things from our website thehawksbeat.com just click on their banner tillman's trinkets and things shout out to our guy jonathan he's done great work he's made pieces for my daughter my son for myself check out the folks over at tillman's trinkets and things but the beautiful thing about this is, is building something that's your own and experiencing moments in sports that are just like transcendent uh and i'm just going to throw this up to whoever wants to get it when you think about like the highs of your career when you talk about like media what is like something or like a game or like an event that you cover that you were just like, wow, like that's going to be one of those high points that I'll remember forever. And whoever Super, Super Bowl, Super Bowl for me. And uh funny story about uh, covering the Super Bowl. Uh, so, you know, we're able to cover the season. And so I remember like coming toward the end of the season, everybody was like, oh, you going to apply for the Super Bowl? I was like, yeah. Why not? I mean, it's gonna be in Atlanta, yeah. Right. Ah, you know, then so you had the the big media, the big the big media. Oh, it ain't gonna let you cover the Super Bowl. Nah, 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 you know, just just I was like, well, okay, I'm still gonna apply. So whatever. Get the email, and uh, the PR person was like, okay, call this number and verify all this stuff. So I was like, I called her. So I was like, so I just get the cover. Uh, media night and this she say no you got the whole week I said okay the whole week <laughs> she was like the whole week and the game I said wait a minute the game she was like yes you're you're good for everything I'm like man what so the last Falcon game so everybody you, you knew if you had it or not so a lot of big media was like man and they only got me covering this. They only got me covering this. So, you know, here I am, Mr. Independent over here in the corner. They like, well, Maceo, what you got? I say, I got the whole week. They were like, yeah, right. I say, dude, I got the whole week, the game, everything. No, I was like, yeah, but I'm independent. But y'all go carry on. You know what I'm saying? Y'all go do what y'all do. So, I mean, dude, I mean, it, it was such a surreal moment because it was like, here, here we are, independent. Uh, I mean, boy, straight from the bottom. And here I am in the Super Bowl with, you know, all these guys you see on, you know, you see on TV, all these sets, you sitting there like, dude, I mean, I'm right here with these people. They're, they're no different from me. So, I mean, huge moment for me. I had two events, um, even three, but um, Super Bowl, of course, like May said, I remember um, – because I was there for the Atlanta. I got the week of, and I don't really think I was supposed to be in that. But I got in. You know, I, I still can't believe I got into that. 
But um, when I got to Super Bowl, and then just Radio Row, that was it. Because the, the first year in Atlanta, you know, we were, you remember how it was, Nate? We was walking through Radio Row. We I was through getting, Radio Row, right. Yeah, I was getting interviews, but it, I wasn't at a table. I'm, yo, right, right. Yeah, we were getting I, interviews on the side. Right, <laughs> right. So <laughs> for this year, man, to get um, Radio Row, the Super Bowl first, and get Radio Row, but not just that, to be able to bring my guys in and get them in and get my crew and we there at Radio Row talking to Jeezy, talking to, um, um, I can't even think of his name, probably because he let dude lick on his ear. But the champ, the uh, boxing champ, um, you know what I'm talking about, the boxing champ. I, we, you know, we got him. Um, <laughs> just Dion, Barry, all these people, man. And you people, got it in, bro. You got it in. Yeah, and it was just like for them to just – Come to our table, y'all the three point conversion, and then make relationships, man, and build relationships from that. And then, like you said, I don't know about Mace, but I know when I'm at the game, I couldn't even, like I told somebody, it still it still hadn't hit me that I was it's hard to process. I can't even tell you what happened at the game because it was hard to process. It's hard to you process. Thinking, like, yeah. I'm here at the game, but you watching it, it was too much. But to do that, man, was probably the biggest thing at that you know biggest thing i've covered as far as like a game but the most proud was the uh Kaepernick when he went to um work out when they had to try out here in atlanta try yeah to work out just because first of all you know media wasn't allowed but then he switched it meanwhile nobody you know they didn't put it out where he was i'm about to go to sleep i just finished the show next thing you know um my engineer g called was like, hey, you know, uh, they switched the location. I think he's gonna let me to come. Well, where is it? He didn't know. I took my clothes off, got, taking a nap, bruh. That boy got so excited he froze. I'm putting my clothes on. I don't know where I'm going. I'm getting dressed. Somebody hit me up. It's like, hey, this is where it is. Go here. End up going, and um, when I end up going, next thing you know. I get there and I'm nervous, right? So I'm, well, I'm driving. I'm like, I can't wait. Hopefully I get in. I don't cover, I don't cover the NFL at that time. I wasn't covering the NFL like that. You know, well, we cover Washington Redskins, but I don't, I have my reporter. So I don't have a badge. So I don't know what it requires. I get there and realize I left my driver's license at the house. So as soon as we get in line, the lady's like, all right. And you see people from NFL Network, ESPN, they're like, all right. We need your IDs. Everybody pull your IDs out. And I'm like, oh, my God. I can't believe this. So people go, oh, let me get my ID. So I play it off. Thank God I have my Hawks badge. So I have my bag. I have my Hawks badge. I get up to the line. The guy walks up to me. I mean, I walk up to the guy. He just kicked somebody off the line. Like, nope, you can't get in with that. So I'm like, dang. So I have my bag. So what I did was I showed him my badge, and when he started looking, I was like, yo, man, I, I see y'all checking these bags, man. I just hope my bag's straight. Immediately, he turned his eyes and looked at my bag. Oh, yeah, you good, man. Go ahead. Bro, when I ran through that fence, <laughs> catch me. Was, hey, like, what you running for? <laughs> always keep a credential with you. Always. I learned that. Yes. Uh, and, but, always. The reason why that was so dope, just because it was exclusive, wasn't that many people there, not even a lot of the big networks was there. And of course, y'all all saw after we did all that, when he got finished, I'm the only one with a mic flag. Thank God for mic flags. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Don. 
Only one with a mic flag there. So sure enough, he's coming up. He walks because I had a mic flag. And the media's on the other side of the fence. It was divided. And I'm like, man, all the big media over there, he probably can walk over there. He saw my mic flag. And made this, came right in front of me. Oh, and made this, right, and everybody saw him. Everybody called me up. Yo, I see your flag. I see your flag. So that because it was historic, what it meant, even though he wasn't getting in. But that's one of the moments that kind of remind me of put you in the mind of Muhammad Ali when he was like, "I'm not going to Vietnam." You know, wherever right. he was going, I'm not going. That's how I felt that moment. So that's probably that's the biggest event I've ever covered. That's dope, man. That's dope. What about you, uh, Donna Deshaun? Is there something that kind of sticks out for you guys? Go ahead, Deshaun, you first. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, I'm not sure that there really necessarily is one. Um, you know, I, I've been blessed with a lot of opportunities to cover so many different things, especially basketball related. And all of them, as crazy as it may sound, equally has been, you know, passionate for me. Um, you know, I had an opportunity for the very first time to do All-Star Weekend this past year. Um, so that was a great experience. Still a little bit envious of some of the stuff that content that Raphael got, but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I got a chance to do different things. I mean, for me, you know, Final Four is is always, always, always a big deal for me from a person who grew up wanting to play in it. Um and, you know, I remember my first one, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I had the opportunity to cover was 2015. And I said, and I can't remember exactly who these guys are, but I do recall that um, there was a group of guys that, I'm, I don't know, maybe eight of them or four of them or something, but they all together, older guys, obviously, now wanted to cover every single Super Bowl from Super Bowl one. And they had, I think a lot of them have passed away now, if not all of them, but covered every single Super Bowl, all of them together. And then that's mm -hmm. what I wanted to do starting in 2015. So from 2015 leading all the way up to this year, I've covered every single final four that there's been. Um, very disappointed that there wasn't one this year due to the COVID. Oh, yeah. It is what it is. Uh, I was going. <laughs> in there. Um, but no, I mean, one thing that was was being able to cover the, the 2018 uh, got drafted in and that was my first time covering a draft it was a little bit weird I was really excited about it obviously but one thing that was different about it was the fact that I got so used to preparing my mind body and everything else as you guys know you got to prepare your body for a lot of this stuff a lot of walking a lot of walking a lot of eating on the go all the time like there's there's moments during the season that I can name um, probably one or two hands where I literally have the time to sit down and eat a full meal in, you know, peace at my dinner table because you're always on the go. You're always taking some, grabbing it to go with you and so forth. Um, but, you know, th those are a few uh, of my favorites. I can also recall, um, wow, I, I, I'm, just you know, just going back over it and thinking about all the stuff I've covered through from summer league. I've done NBA summer league every single year for probably about the last four years. That's always been really cool. Was NBA summer league the year that Trey got, and they were destroyed. The media was destroying Trey Young. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Yeah. <clears throat> 
after his game, I had the very first question to ask him. And obviously that one went on SportsCenter. So that was a big deal. From, you know, from Lansing, Michigan, where I'm just used to, you know, doing my own little blogs and writing my own little pieces as a kid, man, in, in, in my room with the, with the doors shut and just in this little bitty apartment to having an opportunity to now when you go places, people may know you or you have the opportunity to, you know, rub shoulders and elbows with, with, with different people who you always see on a television screen or whatever. And just right. own um, heart and mind that you belong and that you'll be there someday and to actually get there to do it. I feel that exact same identical way when it's final four, um, you know, when it's, when it's just a, a, a Hawks game against the Knicks. You know what I mean? Like every single time, it never really makes much of a difference to me. But, um, you know, I, I will say this kind of, I guess, um, you know, I know that there's people that aspire to do a lot of the same work that we do. And a lot of people think that it's, it's so easy and that it's not much politics involved and all of this different stuff. And I tell people all the time, you know, if you're going to do this, Really love it. Really have a passion for it and do it for the right reasons. Don't do it for the money because it ain't there ain't gonna be a whole lot of money into it. Um, but you know what? I'm I'm just I'm, I'm thankful that I can be a part of it. And before I let Don go, I just got a really, really, really quick question for you guys because I've always been curious of this. Have you guys ever met this guy Mel who calls in on these shows? Yes. You guys have actually met him before. Mel from Southwest Solano. Yeah. Just curious. Never met him. But that brother right there, man, he 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 made me better when I first got started, man. I'll just put it like this. <laughs> I learned some stuff. Uh, that moment is when I knew, yeah, this whole doing, you know, uh, radio in Atlanta is gonna be is gonna be something different. It might be a little bit of a challenge, not too challenging, but it's very difficult when you have a person who is. I apologize, long-winded, but you know, it's different when you have a guy who predominantly. Um, covers basketball and not a ton outside of that. And you want people to embrace basketball, but the teams here typically aren't all that great. Georgia and Georgia Tech, you know, it is what it is. I mean, Georgia State lately has been the team of the state in regards to right, right. Basketball people are so passionate, but the media, especially the big media uh, outlets and TV, they're not really that big into basketball like that this isn't a big basketball market i mean it's football priority so uh you know it, it's it's been a ride man it's been different but i've been able to uh say that i've been blessed and enjoyed every step of the way don yeah i agree um i every event that i've covered has been special because at any point we all know especially uh being the media people that we are, it can be taken away at any point. Quick. And nothing is guaranteed. <laughs> right, real quick. One thing that you could have done two weeks ago, now they're like, oh no, you can't be in this location or you can't do this. And they can revoke your privilege at any point and don't have to tell you why. So any of them are special, but a couple of them stand out a little bit more than others. Uh, growing up in Columbus, Georgia, which was only uh, 30 miles from Auburn, all of the family was primarily Auburn fans. So my uncle had a house probably about a mile away from the campus. So being younger, uh, we would go and sneak into the games over there. Or after the game, we'd be running on the field late at night. 
So the first time I was able to cover an Auburn game and have DNA Sports Talk a seat at the table was uh, special because this was this your, very that's how you that's why you're an Auburn fan. Okay, <laughs> now no. Now no. <laughs> yeah, all my dad's family is from Opelika and Auburn. So, you know, a couple of them away they Alabama fans. They don't know no better. <laughs> but uh <laughs> But that was a nostalgic moment of saying, man, I used to sneak into this place and now I'm covering the game. Uh, the other thing that was special was the Olympics in Brazil for 2016. Uh, I went down there on my own and I got there, quick story, I got there early that Saturday and I put my stuff down because I couldn't check into the hotel room yet. I was staying on uh, Copacabana Beach. So I said, well, I'll just walk around until the it's time to go. And like you said, Macy, I always have a credential with you. So I had a couple of Hawks credentials, the old NBA. With, like, I just had stuff random around my neck. And I'm walking. I'm noticing that there's a parade coming. I'm like, okay, cool. It's a parade. And I was like, let me get around on the other side and get a better view. Got my camera. So I'm looking like I'm supposed to be there. And so the guy starts moving people saying, hey, okay, you three, you can come in. Everybody else move to the side. The Olympic torch came right past me. I was able to hold it, wow. take a picture with it. Every like, how does this happen? And later on, I had gotten uh, was I was able to go to archery because that was the first one that was going to have a medal event. So I went to that because my credentials and badge. I just asked people, "Hey, I'm covering the Olympics." Can I talk to some of the people here? Yeah, come on. So I'm behind the scenes while they're warming up for archery, uh, the Taiwan, before they even went and started their medal round. So it's things like that that you realize like, wow, this is here. You know, it's kind of a, ah, an aha moment that you have. Yeah, man, it, it's crazy because like, like, like Deshaun said, sometimes it's just in the moment, <clears throat> excuse me, it's just in the moment. It could be a regular season game. It could be a playoff game. And there's there's special moments that you can't really put into place. You know, I remember being in Atlanta when uh, the Al Horford putback was there. Like, and I thought mm. the state, I thought the roof was going to blow off. I mean, it's these types of things that are that you can't really put a price tag on. You know, and you know we have all of these different experiences that are so far above making money to do this stuff. And it's like you see. And for me, I feel proud when I see y'all succeed. When I see y'all, when I see Macy outside the Super Bowl, I'm like, oh, yeah. When I saw Raphael and everybody doing their stuff, like, and credit to Raphael, Raphael his folks were ready. Y'all had your shirts. You had your interviews. Mm -hmm. You got your content. And so it wasn't a like, oh, this dude was just out there doing it. No, he was out there working. Working, and, right. And to me, that is like that's what it's about you know what i'm saying like you're getting the content because the big wigs they don't look at us serious sometimes you know and so you got to prove your worth like nah man i ain't here just for the free hot dogs i'm out here trying to get content you dig <laughs> and it, it's just a joy and a blessing to see you guys win because like when y'all win we all win you know and it's good to have that that attitude because we all look out for each other and, and that's you know what's big This segment is brought to us by a welltogethermancom 
Make sure you check out OWellTogetherMan.com. It is a website for men that deals with grooming, fashion, entrepreneurship, and fitness. They're good friends of the Hawks Beat. Shout out to our guy, Rufus Addison. They do a great job over there. Make sure you stop by today at WellTogetherMan.com and be one of those men who are leaders, not followers, men who take care of themselves, and men that have some self-respect. Shout out once again to AWellTogetherMan.com. I want to switch lanes a little bit, and um, there was a conversation that was going on on my Twitter timeline about the Atlanta Hawks, and of course, this is the Hawks Beat um, podcast, and so I had to ask you guys a Hawks question, and they were running around the question of who would be on the Hawks Mount Rushmore. So it's think about the the, the all time Hawks and the Hawks of generation then and now. If you had four Hawks to put on that mountain, who would you put on that mountain? You know, you'd be you got your uh, and and you feel free to use some of St. Louis Hawks like the Bob Pettits and all those guys. Uh, who would you guys put on that mountain? Ooh, that. That's hard for me, man, because I've been since 96, but, like, only if you say Atlanta Hawks, just coming off, this is what I know, what I think I know. Of course, Neek. Um, and if it was up to me, if it was up to me, not you're not asking, like, who do you think should be on there, but who do I think? That's what you're asking? It's your list. It's your list. Okay. From, just from what I've seen, how long I've been here, Believe it or not, it would be um, Neek and it'd be Deke, Dikembe. It would be Dikembe. Um, man, you know what? Believe it or not, I'm not going to put Pettin on them because I didn't see them play. But just going by the people I've watched, um, who was big to me in the community here, mm-hmm. he wasn't. He's no big figure, whatever. I'm just saying, just because he was big in community when I think Atlanta Hawks, he was here forever. Was um, Jason Terry was here for a long time, and he was like the only player I remember embracing the Hawks. Like everybody else felt like they didn't want to be here. You know what I'm saying? They didn't want to play here. They didn't want to. But he always had a smile on his face. He always played hard. He. I remember he doing a lot of stuff for community. Um, he actually um, did something where I was living when I first moved here. But it'd be those three and. Um, I know people don't like this, but it's got to be Lenny Wilkins. It's got to be Lenny okay. Wilkins. I know, Bob. That's not a bad for, I guess. Like, you know, I know people don't like him, but <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying that's, that's who when – I, when I think of the Atlanta Hawks, I'm just saying that's who I think of those yeah. for. Like you said, you know what? I'll take Terry off. You're right. I got to put Big Bob. Bob came to do <laughs> I know Mace know him, but when he did my show, that was like – I feel like I made it then. Like, Bob, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He did my show. You know, so shout out to Bob, but those are my four. Shout out to Bob, man. Bob can run for governor, man. That yeah. guy is cool, cool as a fan, man. Cool, cool as a fan. As a fan. fan dog. Cool as a fan. Well, reason why Lenny Wilkins can't be on it, he traded Dominique Wilkins. So. <laughs> He out of here. He the whole here. city of Atlanta is still recovering from that. Still hate that dude, man. Bye, Lenny. Sorry, <laughs> Joker. For for me, being 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 AT alien. Of course, you had to do Dominique. Dominique is first. Sweet Lou Hudson. My daddy loves some Sweet Lou Hudson. I got so tired of hearing about Sweet Lou. 
Lord have mercy. So we just beat in my brain. So sweet Lou, man, this one gonna trip everybody out. Tree Rollins, and I'm gonna tell you okay. why Tree Rollins. Tree Rollins, Tree Rollins was such an Atlanta guy. Tree Rollins would play tough for the Hawks on Friday, you know, Monday through Friday. On the weekends, Tree Rollins refereed my little league baseball games. Get out of here. Seven, seven footer. How he bending over like that? Dude, he called him from behind the pitcher. <laughs> he couldn't get behind the catcher, so he called balls and strikes from behind the pitcher. He will always be like this. Uh, they, they just love that guy here. And number four, people are going to laugh at this one too, Doc Rivers. Okay. And Doc Rivers, because, again, community guy, Doc Rivers used to stay in Camelot condos on Old National. Mm. We used to see – this how we always knew wow. we were on time to go to school in the morning. Doc Rivers had a burgundy Jaguar. If we were either in front of him or behind him at McDonald's or Old National got the road, we knew we were on time for school because Doc Rivers stopped there every morning to start his day. So those are the four about worse more ATA style for the Atlanta Hawks. Wow, you were not gonna hear a better story than that right no. there. You're not gonna hey, hear my story. <laughs> Who do y'all got? Who do you guys got? Uh uh, obviously, me and Matumbo is one and two. After that, I, I got to go by Lou Hudson. Um, I, I got to go guy. with people who's news and the Raptors. I mean, granted, I never saw him play. I heard about it, but that says a lot about your play for Atlanta, if your number or your jersey is up in the Raptors. And I know Pete Maravich is there, but he only played four seasons. I got to give right. got to be at least five. Yeah, 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 five. yeah. So I get it. I like about that. Atlanta or even any other tenure, not there five years, or at least won two championships for that team, because that kind of compensates for your five years. Right. <laughs> then I, I can't have you in the discussion. So I got to go, like you said, Sweet Lou. Uh, Dominique Matumbo, and the fourth one, uh, that's tough. I guess I gotta go Bob Pettit. That's four. Okay, that's solid. Who you got, Deshaun? Man, short and sweet, bro. I gotta go with the man who got his statue outside of the building first and foremost. I think it's impossible to not have him, so we're gonna go with Neek. Um, we'll also go with the pistol. I got to go with the pistol, dog. I got to go with Pistol Pete, man. I definitely got to put him 24 points per game, man, four rebounds a game and five assists, dude. I got to rock with the pistol on that one. Um, Dikembe is – But he only played four years, Sean. Is it limited to how many years they play? It's your list, man. You can do whatever you want to do. Don't let Don influence you. Don't let Don be a bad influence. It's your list. You got to get back at me Obama phone he got. Okay, so we got – Right. <laughs> Mr. Pete, um, I'm going to go Dikembe and obviously Bob Pettit, dude. 24 points per game, 16 rebounds, but 16 freaking rebounds on average, like, and, and, and three assists. I'm going to go with Bob Pettit. But I'm curious to know, because there's one guy on this list, and, and, and again, we all know this. We all know that it's super early, Okay. But I'm curious to know how long you guys think it will be in the event he stays. I know where I'm going with this. How long or what has exactly? 
Trey. My boy Trigger Trey. Get a ice tray. Yes, because as I'm sitting here looking at it, Steve Nass, Chris Paul, and Jason Kidd, none of those three have averaged 23 points per game in their career. Those are three all-time uh, potential Hall of Famers in basketball. Kyrie Irving, uh, Steph Curry, and Damian Lillard, of those three, none of them have averaged more than eight and a half assists per game. Trey Young has done all of those things in just his second year of the NBA. So, again, obviously not putting him there, but in the event that he stays and is on the the, the road that he's on, and I'm not trying to cut you off, Ed, because I know you got to get more, but following that up, how long do you guys think it'll be before we see Trey Young up on uh, up on that uh, Mount Rushmore? Yeah, I think, I, I think the thing for Trey is uh, it's just longevity. How long are you going to be here? You know what I'm saying? Uh, guys are invested into themselves nowadays, and that's a good thing. Like, guys are understanding, like, look, man, I'm not going to be around for no organization. If this organization is going to uh, do, is, is going to uh, suit my needs, I'm going to go there. So, I mean, Trey, he's already putting up the stupid numbers. So as long as he's here, I mean, he's going to be there. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know if I could put a, a time capsule on it, but if he stays for, for any amount of longevity or five-plus years, he'll be up there. Yeah, I think so, too. I think the thing with Trey, um, that reason why everybody is gravitating towards him, first of all, because everybody's not from here. So, like I said, when I moved down here, it was Deke and all of them. But he seems like the first player, and then they start, and they really start, no, but this is the first time the Hawks has really start, started over. Since I've been here, since what? Before Neek, I can remember every time it was like they was always on the cusp of making the playoffs or making the playoffs, the fourth, fifth seed, sixth. But they really, the last few years, say, okay, we starting over. So because you got these people who's, who moved here from other cities, yes, we got our team, but now we fell apart because we're starting over with the Hawks. So now with these mm -hmm. new players, they're here with us. We're going with them. So I think because of that, and then the fact that, out of all the players that's been here, besides Neek maybe, and like I said, Jason Terry, who has said, all right, I'm embracing Atlanta. This is my city. This is who yeah. I play for. This, you don't get that. So I think that's, that is one a lot of folks over too. So I say, I say like probably two more years, I'll say two more years, I think he'll be on that, that list. Plus yeah. for me, you know, I just, I think Trey has to start making playoff runs, you know, we we just in this we in a society where uh everybody equates everything now to your playoff runs, the championships. You know, if you're just gonna play 82 games, then you're going on vacation. At some point, people are gonna be like, eh, he good, but you know, he's not next level. So Trey has to start playing in meaningful playoff games. And yeah, he'll definitely get there though. He I mean he's a star. He's a definite star. No doubt, man, no doubt. Um, my four man, of course, you gotta have neat. You know, you can't have, you know, the man's statues outside. Uh, <laughs> I want Lou Hudson as my two, sweet Lou. Uh, dude was a killer. And I, and, and I switched mine up for my last two. I kind of went a little, and I'll tell you why. Uh, one is Joe Johnson. And I'll tell, tell you why, or ISO Joe. ISO Joe put Atlanta on the map when nobody could give a damn about Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? ISO Joe's Joe, a killer. quiet. He didn't do nothing but mind his business and get that check. Mm -hmm. A lot of folks have problems with Joe because he got that check. <laughs> he got that check. But Joe ain't really? do nothing 
but 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 sporting them waves and and hit jumpers like Joe Joe put on for that city for a long time where it was in that purgatory and he didn't complain he just balled out made all ball. teams all that so Joe's gonna make my list and another uh, surprise one is Mr Al Horford and I'm gonna tell you why Al Horford is on there because. Of uh, the same reason, kind of like Joe was, Al provided the stability for this Hawks team. He did. You he look did. at this team accomplished something no other Hawks team has done. And when you look at that team, to me, Al Horford was the heart of that team. You know, we talk about the putback and the defense. Al was that guy who came in immediately, ten and ten guy. He matured. I mean, by the time he left, he had a three point shot. So that's my four man. I got Al, Iso, Joe, Neek, and Sweet Lou, man. But um, it's, it's definitely a fun conversation to have. Be honest, Ed. Was that? Be honest, Ed. I gave you your first interview. Who? I say Al gave you your first interview. That's why you got him in the top four. <laughs> nah, he and I tell you what, it was hard for me not to put Jamal Crawford on the list because Jamal Crawford is my guy. And now he only spent two seasons in Atlanta. Yeah. But I'm a huge uh, Jamal Crawford fan, man. I love Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford was good. I hate Lou Williams and stay here long, man. Lou, yeah, like Lou, Atlanta guys, like they should have took care of Georgia guys. But oh man, Lou. Actually, I'm glad Lou didn't stay though, because this it would have turned Lou out. It would have turned Lou out. So it might have been a good deal for Lou to get out of here. So yeah. Okay. Hey, Al Hofer was the first guy I interviewed as far as an NBA game when yeah. it was he was but he was with Boston. But yeah, still he um he did. I just still you know that's my guy. I just still never forget as he's doing. I'm like, this dude got no lip gloss. I never forget thinking that. Like, <laughs> no, what? Extra shiny up there, dog. Who were some of the uh, over the? Who, who were some of the Hawks players that you guys really enjoyed talking to after the game? Who were some guys that you really enjoyed talking to? Well, I got to tell this Dominique story real quick because it's crazy because we had so many times we had had him scheduled to come to the show. And some would come up, he had an activity, we had to do this. And so the last time we were supposed to have him, he said, why don't y'all just come to the house? So we were like, huh? He was like, yeah, come to the house. Uh, Sunday, here go my address. So I was like, yeah, okay. Dominique's that type of guy though. Go ahead. <laughs> Call Glaze. I say, Glaze, we got neat. He said, we do? What day? I say, Sunday. He said, we going to the studio Sunday? I say, no, we're going to his house. He said, yeah, right. I said, dude, here go the address. Meet me there. We get the address. So, you know, we ride out. We get we get to the house. So I'm letting her like, okay, this probably like, uh, you know, it's cousin, uncle, somebody's house. Ring the doorbell. Neat, come to the door. Neat, like, what's up, fellas? Uh, y'all hungry? Uh, we're going to do breakfast. Then we're going to do the interview right here. I was like, dude. And so we went live. From Neek House, and everybody was like, it was so crazy. People were like, Is that Neek? I like, dude, we at Neek Crib, man. We kicked it with Neek all day, man. It was just, wow. it was surreal. Cause I'm like, This Neek. Question. Yeah. I got a question. Yeah. Mace, I got a question. So, being in that situation, going through that, you ask some questions, but you know, you at the house, you still performing his job, you doing an interview and everything. But, Brett, was it one of the moments like, Yo, that. <laughs> I can't believe, like in your head, you like, yo, I can't believe Dude, this. <laughs> it was so hilarious because, like, probably for the first ten minutes, and like, we it's up on YouTube. Dog. I'm just kind of like looking around, like, man, we <laughs> chilling with Neek. Like, 
man, these neat chairs, like we in these tall, we in these tall chairs, like <laughs> our feet dangling, cause you know we ain't six eight. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like we ain't six eight, and so you know people just like, dude, y'all let me go, like, dude, neat cooking, like, no, neat on the grill too, like, no, we finna watch football with neat on Sunday. I mean, it, wow. it was just the craziest thing ever, man. I still laugh about that, man. And when I told him about the Brook tennis shoes, it just it, it, it just it just blew the interview out the water, man. So yeah, <laughs> that was very surreal. Like I didn't realize he was gonna be that cool. Cause I was just like, you know, okay, maybe we just interview him at State Farm. He was like, no, nah, man, y'all come to the house. Dope moment, mm-hmm. man. Dope. That is awesome, man. I not have um no is you know, Al Horford is from Michigan. He's from, from Grand Ledge, Michigan which really he and his dad and his brother is probably the only black people that's from Grand Ledge. <laughs> um, right up the street, man, from, you know, essentially from the hood, you know what I mean? But it's just right past that border. Al, when Al was coming out, I remember Al was a sophomore going into his junior year of high school. There, you know, when we think about Al Horford, we think about these big, broad shoulders and bulky and how we saw him at Florida and coming out. There was no none of that. Like, mm. it was, I mean, dude was so skinny, he could probably hula hoop in a Cheerio or a rubber band. Let me tell you. Like, if, if Al Horford would have told us at that time, playing AAU basketball, a guy who is still 6'8", can barely even dunk. You've seen the clumsy, the gumpy looking guys and all Shoestring tight, tight. You, all you can see is the big loop. Tie. I mean, talking about like that. You know what I mean? Like big canoes. Um, had he told us at that time that he was going to be a number two or number three, whatever, 2007 NBA draft, he's one of those guys. I think we probably all grew up with with somebody like this that nobody would have ever believed it. Not a single person, not a single soul. But when everybody else was skating. Messing with girls at the mall, the arcade, or this rink, this rink, or wherever, hanging out with the boys, smoking, drinking, doing whatever. He was in that gym. Mm-hmm. State did not uh, before they offered somebody else. Um, and I remember he went away to Florida and came back. You would have thought that you probably would have walked up to this dude and said, hey, man, what's your name? Do you have a twin named Al? Because this is this dude that lives here named Al, but he's much skinnier than you are. I mean, he went to <laughs> Florida, and it, and it was a couple months, but it felt like just weeks later. I mean, just weeks later, he came back to visit, and all of a sudden, I don't know what he was taking or whatever, but he just really got into himself. Uh, and that and that was that was my Al Horford story. As far as guys that are just like super cool, I don't think there's very many people right now that can even compare to John Collins in the locker room besides Dwayne. Between those two, uh, they they Dwayne, Dwayne De- yeah, De- between Detman and Collins, I don't know who the bigger football uh, is. But I always honestly. Um, I heard so much about Dwight Howard before I had the opportunity to meet him. I mean, years I heard stuff about Dwight Howard and people would always talk about, you know, how and a diva and all this other type of stuff that he was. He is the perfect person as to why I try not to formulate an opinion. About right. Facts. Meet them because when I met him, it was a complete 180. It was not even remotely close 
to Man, all cool. saying about Dwight. And he embraced me. He made me feel um, like it was an honor to be interviewed by me. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I'll never forget that. Every time I would talk to him, still to this day, when the Lakers come to town or whoever, whoever he's playing with or whatever, and he's in town and I see him, it's always love. He always shows the kids a lot of love, the youth, if he's somewhere at a game or something like that. So I just want to know. Yeah, I mean, uh, Dwight, Dwight was a cool dude, man. Um, Dwight, I, 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 one time when I was covering the Hawks uh, that season, I had my little beard growing out, and he used to call me Mr. Brown from uh Tyler Perry. <laughs> and the crazy thing was like he's silly uh he's he's so silly like that he never knew yeah. my real government name he used to always cover it he used to always say Mr. Brown and I remember Jamelia went and when he went to Charlotte and I asked she went to cover the game in Charlotte I was like yo how was how was Charlotte like what's up with Dwight she was like oh yeah she was like Dwight asked about you he said how's Mr. Brown <laughs> <laughs> dope. Dwight was yeah. cool uh, I enjoy talking to like the mid-tier players. I enjoyed Malcolm Delaney. Uh, I enjoyed uh, Damari Carroll. Always had something good to say. Cal Corver was always honest. Um, just just guys like that that were just always win or lose. They would talk to, you and you wouldn't feel no uh, no. You know they was always going to talk. But man, those right. are some of the guys I think about. I would say um, DeAndre Bembry was um, always nice with him. Like we, oh, DeAndre's good too. He was the first. He was the first hawk. That um, I think he was a rookie. I didn't even know who he was, and I, I was trying to get. I was like, "Well, he was sitting there. Let me try to get an interview with him." And you know, he had a fro and everything, and um, <laughs> so he gave me an interview. Whatever, it was cool. And then from there on, you know, when I saw him, I always make a habit of going. Just not always. I don't, I don't always have to interview you. That's just you know, hey, what's up, bro? How you been? From then on, like every time he miss a dunk. I'm in his grill. Everybody here in the locker room. <laughs> Every time I'm in his grill, uh, another person is John. Of course, John Collins. I'm always, you know, me and John always going back and forth, laughing, joking, and all of that. Real dope. Uh, he, he always make a. Um, he always come out no matter what he see me. He'll reach out to me. Oh, what's up, man? How you doing? You know, you good? Everything good? You know, he always yep. He call me over there and all of that. Um, I tell you who. I know this is about who we like to talk to. I tell you who was weird to talk to when he was here, and that's um, that's your boy um, Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker, just because you talked to Jabari, I gotta say this. What up, Jabari? That's my guy from the shot. But Jabari, you asked him a question. I asked you know Jabari, you had a good game today. You scored twenty three points and ten rebounds. Um, how do you assess your game? And does Jabari be like? Well, you know, we, we had a great game. I, I did great. I played well. You know, I thought we should have done things um, a lot better. And I saw this guy. He was coming at me, and he scored on me. <laughs> you be like, that, are you done? Right. Yeah, uh, man, I, got, I got a lot going on, baby. A lot going on, baby. No, 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 not you. I'm saying that's what Jabari would do. Jabari would pause. Oh. I'm like. I'm just looking like, uh, okay, like he'll pause in the middle. You know, if you usually when you in the sentence, you like, yeah, we had a good game, man. I think I could do it again. You know what I'm saying? You letting people, he'd be like, yeah, we had a good game, man. You know, I could do it again. And that's it. And he'd shake his head like that. You'd be yeah. like, right. we all looking at each other like, uh, Rubby yeah. with oh, okay. <laughs> right. But that's my guy, though. That's my guy. 
somebody gonna be tomorrow on the other calendar. Yeah. How about you, Don? Don, you got somebody that you like talking to? Um, I think y'all mean most of them, like you said, Dwayne Deadman, um, Horford, Collins, all those guys. They're not going to give you the PC answer. They'll give you a little bit more than the coaches speak or what they think, you know, you want to hear or what should be said. And I guess the other person to add to that, that you basically have to make sure that your arm is strong and you lift the weights that day because you're going to have to hold whatever you're holding for a good 15 minutes. And that's I was about to ask you that. You yeah. ask one question. And then 15 minutes later, you in a whole discussion about North Carolina and everything else. But, I mean, hit, but it's invaluable information, though. Mm -hmm. You just got to be prepared to listen because he is going to give you his honest opinion, uh, no filter. Bruh, I asked Vince when Vince broke the um, when he played the most games four decades. And remember, I, I got that was the first person, you know, you know, I got a habit of asking the <laughs> first question. Yeah, yeah. So I asked that question. <laughs> Bruh, for real. Now, you know, he said 15 minutes. Now we all know if somebody give you a 30 second answer, the 30 second to 45 second answer, that's that's, that's a good answer. If they give you like a minute, minute and 15, maybe a minute 30, that's great. After that, it's like, all right, bro, this joker answered, I promise to God, for three minutes and 37 seconds. I got on my phone. And I, I was like, we was all, you start seeing about a two minute and a half. Now, this is a big moment. People start walking off. <laughs> and walked away. Man, my phone was almost doing <laughs> Like, this. like I ain't got time. I ain't full of events. You ask Vince that one question, and he will go. He will go. Like, yeah. but he had the best stories, and, yeah. I, and we talked about yeah. this last yeah. week. And I think Don was there during yeah. uh, during one of the media days where he talked about how he was walking the Masters with Tiger one year, and how they had the same agent back at Nike. Like yep. he had the absolute best stories. But you better be ready, and you better have that that space in your phone. Cause he wasn't close. Nah. <laughs> but you know what about Vince though? One thing I liked about Vince, Vince was real cool. Like even afterwards, after everybody talked, Vince sat there one time. Like he would talk about anything. Um, and we sat and we talked about um, the dunk contest. Cause I'd ask him. I said, Vince, I gotta ask you this, bro. Like when you went through that dunk contest, what, what was you going through? And he told me how he, he didn't plan none of the dunks. And he told me about the story where Grant Hill told him that uh, um, Jerry Stackhouse is mad at him <laughs> because he had to go after Stackhouse. Stackhouse had to go after him. So, you know, whatever Stack did, you don't even remember. Some people probably don't remember he was in a dunk contest. No. But, um, right. Because once Vince did like that, it was over, right? It was rock, right? And we knew it was over. <laughs> <laughs> right. So just being there talking to him about that, and then me finally confessing, I told him, I said, all right, bro, I'm going to tell you in front of everybody. It was like four of us there. I'm going to confess. I gave him that. I said, all right, bro, you the best in-game dunker. I, you got it, all right? It's a wrap, all right? You look, you happy I said it? He's like, what? Laughing. I said, bro, I'm from Chicago. I'm a Jordan fan, man. I, I ain't want to say that. He just bust out laughing with like, man, can I get can I get something? Jordan got everything. Can I win something? So it, it was just dope to have that moment. But he was always cool with media, always polite, always ready to talk, like you said. So um, shout out to Vince. I'm 
kind of mad, honestly, man, that uh that boy Macy over there ain't sharing none of his M&Ms, but I was like, the white come in the kitchen, baby. <laughs> Georgia boy, today today Georgia was boy. yard day. I had to come get some snacks, baby. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, man, this has been great, man. And I just want to ask you guys, uh, somebody asked in the chat, man, you guys have any horror stories, any oh, moments okay. where you just be like, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. Go ahead, Deshaun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me get to this. Well, I, and this is kind of even crazy to think. Um, number one, there's a couple things here. Number one, um, one interview that I did have where, uh, you know, this was the night of the Kobe Bryant passing away thing, whatever. I promise I didn't mean to make Trey Young cry with a question that I asked. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that was a little, it made sports, so it was kind of really embarrassing to be quite honest with you because I wasn't, <laughs> I'm glad that the people had the opportunity to kind of, you know, it was a heartfelt moment. Um, but, I, and I never disliked necessarily anybody on the team, but there was a specific, can't believe that happened moment. Um, I, I it was one of my first. I think it was one of my first times on on, on the job, and I had to go to a couple of different you know players and, and get somebody last minute to do a one on one interview for it to be sent back to the station. Um, and so I went to whoever you know the the top performer was that night, and they're like, "Oh man, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I I'm all out. You know, I had the um, I had the joint with uh with Aldridge, so." You know, I, I'm not going to be able to do it. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the next person. So I went to the next person, like, yo, I, I, I would love to do it, man. I got to run, though, man. I got to get myself out of here. So I asked one more person, oh, man, you know, I, I can't do <laughs> this and that. So here I am, right? Very, very, I'm either going to be asking the last dude on the bench or, you know, whoever it is collecting all of the equipment and all of that type stuff. Like somebody has to be asked. So I get to Malcolm Delaney, and this is what kind of surprised me when, as soon as Ed mentioned Malcolm Delaney, kind of went because I asked everybody else, and he was the last <coughs> to ask before I could even get a word out of my mouth to request for him to do the interview with me. He said, "Don't even look this way, man. Hell no!" Wow, and so disrespected because, first of all. You didn't even get in the game tonight, bro. Like you should appreciate to ask for an interview. You didn't even get your busty, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's how I was feeling in the moment. But that was just my I can't believe this really happened moment. Not that I thought I was but bro, you didn't even get your uniform do a quick little interview with me. I didn't want you tonight anyways. You can't even, only thing you can do is really tell from the bench what <laughs> happened, you know what I mean, in the game. Oh my gosh. My, my, my little moment. My horror moment, I was at All-Star. First All-Star game I ever covered, I'm at All-Star weekend, and this is after the three-point contest, right? So I interviewed, I, I interviewed uh, Curry, uh, Steph, got the, well, I didn't get the first question in, but I, you know, got a few questions. The best question was asking about his brother, play with your brother, how was that and everything. Answered it great. So then I see Steph. I mean, I see uh, Seth. A lot of people ain't over there with Seth. So I go over there, hey, Seth, you know, ask him questions. He answered it. So then I was like, yo, man, what is it like to play? You know, what was it like on Thanksgiving? Or what, what is it like when a family get together? Y'all play horse? 
this dude opened up like, well, I can't say it, but he opened up, just put it like that. He opened up and gave me all this good information talking about him, his father and Steph, the games they played. I mean, talked to him for like 10 minutes. So I'm like, yo, that was crazy. So people looking at me, I'm the only one with it. We vibing. So I go get ready. You know, I'm like, yo, I'm about to put this up. Brian had my mic on. Oh. I was sick. I was sick. Oh. Tell me that was like the worst feeling. I was sick. <laughs> like I got dumped by a girlfriend. I was sick. Like that's happened to me before. Like you you think you'd be recording that that record button don't be off. You look up, they be talking, and you're not recording nothing. That's a bad feeling. Man. Oh. I mean, he gets all these nuggets, bro. But yeah, I, I was sick. Mine's my first NFL game. Nervous about going to the locker room, but I'm like, you know what? I got a job to do. Let's go do it. I go in. I get Julio, get Calvin Ridley. So I'm looking around the locker room. I say, you know what? You know who I need to get? Matt Ryan. So I go position myself by his locker. He come out of his locker. I got my camera set up. He looked at me like, What's up? I'm like, you know, yeah, I'm the first one to get Matt Ryan. No other media around Matt Ryan. So the uh, the the guy who handles the media, he walks. He said, "What are you doing?" So I'm finna get Matt Ryan. He's like, he goes like in the room by himself. Everybody gets him then. You can't interview him by himself. I'm like, uh, okay, mind you, Josina Anderson, uh, all the news crews. I'm the rook. I'm sitting here like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but what but what ended up being a very embarrassing moment, so I was like, okay, let me get out of here. I walk out. I go sit where Matt Ryan go uh, interview. Interview, you know, interview starts, whatever. When he finished, when the interview was over, Matt Ryan personally walked up. I'm not talking to nobody at this point. I'm embarrassed. I'm like, I'm going to lose my credential. No more. And it was the first game of the season. No more NFL games for you, boy. Matt Ryan walked over to me. He was like, personally, like, hey, just next time. Just know that I come in here and we do it. I was like, that's dope. Appreciate it. <laughs> but I, I just knew they were going to be like, give me that credential. You out of here. <laughs> Very embarrassing. Oh, man. Very embarrassing. Man. Uh, Don, you got one before you wrap things up, man? Uh, yeah, I had a similar one with the Falcons. It was uh, this past uh, year at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I went into the locker room and, you know, I was kind of waiting around and I see Matt Schaub. And so, you know, of course he had gotten injured. So, you know, here I am, I'm gonna go over to him. Like you said, I'm waiting, being respectful, waiting till you get a finished dress. Like, hey, can I interview you? He was like, sure. So we don't, you know, it's like, okay. And so he turns around to get ready. And I made the mistake of having the microphone up and then starting to record. And I get that tap on the shoulder. <laughs> I said, oh. <laughs> I knew then. That ain't the tap you want. That tap on the shoulder, like, hey, you, you can't record. He's not doing any interviews. And I'm looking like, we just spoke. He said, yes. I'm letting him get dressed and everything. And um, they stopped me from interviewing him. I found out later I should have just had it on audio and just asked him, you know, on the slot, hey, you know, how you feeling? You okay or whatever. But as soon as I got that tap, I was like, oh, 
That's it. I'm done. <laughs> That's a wrap. But it, it was the Falcons. So I went over to the Broncos locker room. No problems. So yeah. I learned there. It, it's best to use the audio first and, you know, ask for forgiveness later if you were able to actually do the video. Yeah. And it's, it's things like that that you just learn throughout your time and throughout your tenure as you're in the media business. For me, uh, I remember one time uh, Coach Bud after a, a playoff game, and I, I, you know how, how hard it can be to ask a question sometimes, especially when you're kind of new. I got the question out. I was like, you know, I kind of, I kind of, <laughs> kind of polished it up a little bit. I was like, Coach, you know, what's the type of what? What do, what do you say to your team after a loss like this? And this was, I, I got the first question. It was the first time I ever asked the first question. And this was right after he gave his opening statement. He looked down and said, well, everything I just said, and probably a little bit more. <laughs> like, he didn't even really answer my question. He was like, yeah, we're not listening, you big dummy. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, like, that was super embarrassing. Because it took up so much gumption for me to finally get that first question. To ask the, to ask the question, right. Yeah, and then he was like, yeah, everything I just said, plus a little bit more. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, But, hey, man, I appreciate all you guys coming in and chopping it up with your boy. And this was dope. Media stories, the good, the highs, the lows, the, the humble Thank beginnings. You. All that, man. I appreciate all y'all, brothers, man. Hopefully, sooner than later, we can all link up again at a sporting event and talk trash and do like we normally do. And uh, I just want to thank all four y'all, man. This has been really dope, man. Man, good job. Way to put this together, big dog. No doubt, man. No doubt. So, um, thank you. Appreciate you. Yeah, no doubt, man. Thank y'all for, for making the time and the space and and all that stuff. And I really appreciate it from the bottom, man. So. Um, with that being said, we're going to close this episode of the uh, House Beat Podcast, episode 24. Make sure you look out for all of our uh, social media platforms, all of our uh, audio, apply, shoot the video on YouTube page and all that jazz, but uh, you will know because I'll be out there promoting it. Like we Let's always do. It. <laughs> Appreciate y'all, boys, sure. man. Appreciate y'all. No doubt, man. So I'm going to start the recording. Hey, How to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.